and you should get to know it. Uh, so, three in the room are graduating, and maybe some of you remember when you graduated, there's this sense of, well, what now? What do I do? What do I do next? And for a lot of people, it's college. Some people, it's trade school. Sometimes it's getting a job. Um, but no matter what, you're going to run into new people. The, the interesting thing about high school is that you, you, you've spent your time with mostly the same people for a long period of time. Uh, you, there, there are some new people who come in and out, but that's so rare that whenever there's a new kid, everyone loses their mind. And so a new kid, you know, oh great, yeah. And then eventually the new kid is an old kid, and we just we all go about our business. When you go out in the world, um, you run into people that are not like you, that are different from you, that have grown up in different places. I went to Harding, and so there was a um, there was someone from every single state at Harding University, and then there was something like thirty six countries represented at Harding. And so you you sort of, you realize wow it turns out the way they did things in Dequeen, Arkansas isn't the same unilaterally across the world. Uh, and you, you run into like different different types of people. So much so that you will you will run into an awkward situation. I'm gonna help you with this is a free tip, seniors and juniors and everyone who else also has trouble with this. If you forget somebody's name, not just, not just, I, oh, oh, what is your name? Not one of those. Like, oh my goodness, we've hung out seven times, and I should know their name, and I don't. This is your trick. First off, you need to do a little plan. Uh, everyone has a student ID with their name and picture on it. When you go to take the, your student ID, make sure it's a crazy enough picture for someone to notice. So uh, what I always did was the full house, called it the full house, not like in poker, because that's sin, right? Um, but like, <laughs> but you'd like, a, like the full house, the show, remember the credits? So I would stand, camera would be here, I would stand here, <laughs> give it... I would just tell me when. And then, so that would, I would do that. And, um, or maybe you could do the uh, what I call the Ricky Bobby, you know? I can't, I don't know what to do with my hands. Uh, just for some of you. You do something off. Some, someone comes and sits down. Hey, Benjamin! Oh, you! I pull out my ID, set it on the table. Just wait. Oh my goodness, what what are you doing in your picture? Uh, I'm crazy. Ah, let me show you my picture. They would always show you their student ID. They would hand you, look at my picture. Oh, that's correct, Angela. <laughs> that brilliant plan, foolproof, except for those nerds who go by their middle name. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So that that will that 
that that will get you someplace. And so you're going to run into people who will get very offended if you don't know all 800 names in school, or if you don't know all in your class. You'll run into people who are different than you, who are who 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 look at have different ideas about how the world works. And if you go to you go to a state school, and that just happened at Harding too. But if you go to a state school, you're going to run into people who don't even believe who don't believe the same thing as you. And you're going to have to love those people like you love people at church. You're called to. You're going to have to treat those people like Jesus has treated you. You're going to run into people who, who just are really different. What do you do in a situation where people are just really different? Well, I hope, hopefully, your church has modeled that for you. Hopefully, we are a church of a bunch of saints. We are a church of where everyone's sort of uniform, and we're all from the same race and socioeconomic class, and all from the same place. Hopefully, we're not all along the same lines, that we are so diverse that whenever we are unified because of Jesus, it actually means something. That whenever we're, our differences are brought under the head of Jesus, that it's actually a beautiful thing. Because whenever you're just a church full of all the same people, all the same ideas, all the same uh, ways of thinking, and all the same background, unity isn't that impressive. Unity doesn't take the miracle of Jesus. Unity doesn't take the Holy Spirit. And so hopefully a church, within a church, you will understand how do I function with people who are different than me? See, the first church was dealing with that. There were Jews and Gentiles, people who had been following this God, their families had been following this God for centuries, people who had just found out about this, this type of, this God and His Son, that He's the only, they had just learned all this stuff. People who had grown up worshiping the Caesar or the king. And now they're being put into these churches, these smaller churches, but churches nonetheless, and they were fighting. Now, in a church of 200, like this one, we can kind of, like, you can sort of avoid the people you don't like. But in a church, first century, you, can, you were pushed, you had church in a living room. And most of their living rooms were probably a little smaller than yours. And if you, you would all shove in there, and if you didn't like that person on the love seat, and that's the only seat left that's next to them, you've got to decide, is that a love seat or is that a tolerate seat? And you got to decide, are you going to sit there or are you going to, are you going to be a part of this thing we're calling church. And the Philippian church was having a little bit of a rip. They were having some struggles. There was particularly a couple of people who were yang-yang. Yang-yang. I used that word last week and I didn't like it. And now I used it again and it doesn't feel good either. It's not, it's not growing on me is all I'm saying. So we had a couple of people who were... Who were Getting or arguing back and forth, and Paul's way of solving it is not to point out who is right. Although he probably could have done that, he knew the situation. 
One of them was probably more right than the other. In all the arguments I've ever had, uh, one of us was more right than the other person. It's rarely a flat line. So he probably could have said, you know what, you need to simmer down and listen to this person's point. But he doesn't. Paul consistently talks about striving together, working together under this new head of Jesus. Now let's look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. It says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, any common sharing in His Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete. And by being like-minded, having, he explains that. It's not like, this isn't a list. He's saying, be like-minded. And then explaining that, he says, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Is do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. That is so hard. Seems impossible at times. Where the way we achieve unity is not by the loudest people being the loudest and getting their way. The way we achieve, achieve unity is not by, by some, somehow making sure that we've got it all correct and all figured out. And then once we've got it all correct and all figured out, let's just line up on the line and make sure everyone's in line and no one's off the line. And he says, the way you achieve unity is you humble yourself. That, that you make yourself less than so that the community can be more than. He said this before, but I do not agree with the marriage tactic of yesteryear. That's nonsense. Sometimes, sometimes, your, your wife would be wrong. Sometimes, probably more than others, your husband will be wrong. But, that's the reality. We've accepted. I've had to say that first part today, because you can't say that on Mother's Day. Mother's Day is, like, it's just like... They're perfect in every way. Yes, of course. Um, so, he... So, at times, your marriage, because you're, everyone in here is married to an, a, an, an imperfect person. Those of you going to college and going like to a dorm room will know that it is impossible to live with someone. My... My... my my roommate had a habit of barking. <laughs> Just burp. You do that. Burp. How does it? 
Some of y'all know him. Chance Morris barked all the time. And now we had, like, why? So having a good union, having a good relationship is not about enforcing and imposing your will on the other. It's not about one person being always right and the other person always sort of bowing humbly to that. It's both bowing humbly in with keeping in mind that the relationship's the most important thing. <coughs> not the spouse. Not either spouse. Neither spouse is the most important. The relationship is the most important. The thing that we value the most is our togetherness, not our part of the relationship. It works the same way in church, it works the same way with roommates, it works the same way with co-workers, is that if you are constantly imposing your will on someone else, the relationship will suffer every time. <coughs> Paul says, listen, if, if you have value, if, he says, don't, don't uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition, but rather in humility... Value others above yourself, not looking for your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And then, you know, if, if it were just good advice, we could, we could kind of say, well, I don't know if that works. Sort of impossible to do. And then he, he hits the this. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus of Christ Jesus. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. You, you at first, you could say, well, but I'm right. Like, and they still disagree, but, but I'm correct. That's not how you fold tabs. That's not how you do that thing. That's not what you should think about that idea. I'm right. And so when people come, when people come into our world and we and they say something, it is, and we know it's wrong. It's our instinct to bring out. Are wholly intelligent and slashing with it a couple of times. But you being right is not what faith is about. You being correct is not what church is about. You letting the world know is you are right is definitely not what 
this is all about. To have a good relationship, to have a good interaction with other human beings who are different from you, having a church, it starts with humbling yourself. If you're having trouble doing that, Paul's suggestion is look to Jesus, who was God, but did not, actually the Greek word there says like he didn't think about stealing that from God. You know, in the Greek pantheon, one God was good, like the head God, but others were always trying to get it. Jesus was equal with God, but didn't think about stealing that position, didn't think about seizing that throne. Instead, he became like a man, or became a man, without a death like a man, not just a death like a man, but a death like a criminal. And if anyone can look us in the eye and say, humble yourself, it is Jesus. We cannot have a Christian marriage, Christian relationships, or even for that matter, a Christian church that refuses to humble itself for the good of the whole. Just can't do it. kingdom of God 
Paul says that is how you are to live. Get in arguments, get in fights, humble yourself. You're at your house and you're having an argument, or like an escalated, an escalated discussion with your spouse. Those of you who don't have arguments. It, you have no idea how hard it is not to just laugh hysterically when uh, couples that are about to be married and come in for premarital counseling tell you they don't argue. Oh gosh, that's just so funny. You just, you just, because you're like, oh. Where are y'all going to have Christmas when you first get married? <laughs> Start an argument. They need the practice. <laughs> but there, there is, like, in your, in your relationship, you're going to get in an argument. First one to say you're sorry wins. Because you've done, you've both done stupid things. You've both thought stupid things. Just get to it. Figure out, not just, so, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, but you're crazy. Not, no, I'm sorry, but Thomas, I'm, I'm sorry, and here's why. Let me tell you what I think I've just done wrong. Let me humble myself. You, you can't argue anymore like that. It's not a competition. It's a, it's a race to humility. Churches, roommates, and college, and marriages, co-workers. It, it's just the way it's got to work. This week, focus your attention on the Messiah, on the Savior, who humbled himself for you. I think it would probably do you uh, not a lot of good just to think, I've got to humble myself, I've got to humble myself, I've got to humble myself. So what happens then is oftentimes you get down on your knees and then like look around and notice no one else is and you feel pretty superior at that point. Like you may, you, I'm pretty good for humbling myself. What what you actually are trying to do is just to just to focus on what Jesus did, and then do likewise. The answer to what would Jesus do? I often thought growing up was not watch R-rated movies. Again, what would Jesus do is a much harder call than that. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Even though you might think you, you have a right to something. Humble yourself. For the good of the kingdom. If you need anything this morning, you need prayers, you want to commit your life to Jesus, um, you, want to, you want to be baptized into his death, his burial, his resurrection, maybe you just want to turn your life around, you haven't been a very humble person, it's causing you a lot of drama. Today is the day. Repent. Turn to the old life. Humble yourself like the one you follow.